Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very glad to be with you all today, this Monday, January 16th, 2023, the year of our Lord. And today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I don't have much to say on that topic, but if you look at the the tower, the the big uh, statue they put in place in Boston, I believe it was. That looked like him hugging someone else and embracing someone else. Yeah, the Boston. The embrace honors Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy. I'm not going to tell you what I think it looks like um, here on the program. I'll save that for other people to talk about. But it looks like to me like something that should not be in public art and in public positions of, of showing. It doesn't look like a hug of two people by any means. It looks like a hug of one person and one other limb that is found primarily on men. So yeah, not a great statue, but you know, honoring his legacy is however they're going to do it with that statue. All right, Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services and offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform, voiceover, translation, logo design, articles, blog posts, proofreading, graphic design, and digital marketing are just a few of the services offered on Fiverr. Go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr to get a Fiverr gig for your business or hobby today. That is bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, today. From the Texas border, the New York mayor has traveled to the border of Texas, okay? Eric Adams visited El Paso, Texas over the weekend, where he said he and his fellow municipal leaders around the country would be teaming up to pressure the federal government for assistance handling the migrant crisis. 
So I am one person to not lie to you, okay? I'm not going to pretend I was not critical of the decision to send migrants to New York City, to Washington, D.C., into the country further. I figured if we're going to put them on a bus, put them on a bus out of the country. That was my take from both the Arizona governor, the um, the Texas governor, every governor that did this. I said, we shouldn't do that. Just take them out of the country. Don't put them further into the country. Now that I see the results of it, now that I see that Eric Adams, a hardcore left Democrat, being on board with getting them out of our country, I have to apologize to Eric Adams, or not Eric Adams, to uh, <laughs> um Doug Ducey to Greg Abbott, I do have to apologize because I I didn't see it through. I didn't see the, the end game that you all saw. Adams touched down Saturday evening for what was b- uh, billed as a 24-hour fact-finding mission hosted by El Paso Mayor uh, Oscar Lesser, a fellow Democrat. More than 40,000 migrants who have traveled in border towns like El Paso have subsequently traveled to New York City in the past year. An influx, Adams has warned, is overwhelming his administration's ability to provide services. During a press briefing Sunday, he pledged to form a coalition with mayors facing similar situations. Um, Adams plans to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, next week to bring uh, in Washington, D.C. to bring up the issue at the United States Conference of Mayors. Whether the Senate, Congress, or President Joe Biden, who visited El Paso last week, will respond to the nascent coalition is unclear. This has become a bipartisan issue. An issue that both Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians and Independents and everyone else will all agree with each other on. We have to fix this border crisis. It's a crisis because there is an influx of migrants that aren't here to be good people, that aren't here to help help our country, that aren't here to get a job and actually contribute to the country. They're here to bring in drugs crime, as President Trump has said. And he was demiddled for saying, but it's true. They are not here to bring good things. They are not here to just be productive members of society. They are here to hurt America. They can be productive members of society in in Mexico, in Cuba. They are here to hurt America. And some, I believe, are probably good people. But the vast majority are being sent here by the Mexican government to hurt America. The fact that we have Democrat leaders in a city as big as New York going out and saying, we need to solve this problem. New York City is not a border city. I mean, America is a border city at this point, but New York City, all the way up in the state of New York, all the way probably some 4,000 miles or so from the border, is not a border city. But it is important nonetheless. And and it's important that that the mayor of New York... It's 37 hours, it is, I don't know how many miles, but it's 3,800 kilometers um, from Mexico. This is a national crisis, FEMA deals with national crises, FEMA must step up and there should be one coordinator to coordinate everything that is happening dealing with migrants and asylum seekers in our country. If a left-wing governor, or mayor, either, is saying this, it needs to be taken seriously, we need to take it as fact, we need to take it as something that our government takes seriously. That was from Eric Adams. Eric Adams is not a Republican, is not a rhino, is not a a dino, a Democrat in name only. He is a Democrat with far-left beliefs 
that is also recognizing our immigration crisis is par- is is paramount, is terrible. We need to fix it. The mayor's first stop Saturday, this is from Politico, uh, Saturday night was at a chain-linked fence topped with razor wire frequently used as a border crossing point. Lesser then took Adams through the part of the city where asylum seekers often sleep on the streets. The following day, Adams met with the mayor and other El Paso officials before visiting a church that provides services to migrants. Outside, Adams and his Immigrant Affairs Commissioner, Emmanuel Castro, talked with asylum seekers before visiting a county office that connects migrants with various programs and a processing facility run by the facility run by the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Protection Agency. The mayor says misinformation has led many migrants to the five boroughs. There are websites that are advertising that in New York City, basically streets are paved with gold, that there is an automatic employment, that you are automatically going to be living in a hotel. There's a conversation among those who are asylum seekers and migrants who are given false impressions that if you come to New York City, everything is fine. The city is housing some migrants in hotels in addition to group shelters. They have watched him on television. Um, Some of the migrants have, and that's why they were drawn to New York. So whatever you think with that, let me know. GOPjosh.com is our website. Josh at GOPjosh.com is our email. And our Patreon.com slash GOPjosh voicemail line is 574-675-6747, 57-GOPjosh7. Also take advantage of our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader, and go ahead and submit it there. All right. That is uh, today's border story. I mean, it's crazy that we have Republicans and Democrats uniting behind one issue, that issue being our border, that issue being protecting our border. It's good. It's a good thing. But it's crazy that we have a a government and a president that is so behind on this issue, so behind on every issue, frankly, that we have to have people from his party and the Republican Party uniting behind this issue and stopping the crisis of the border while it's happening. I don't think we've ever had in American history this much uh, unition, united behavior behind the border issue, behind the security issue of the of the southern border, behind these topics. So I thank thank God we do, but I don't see it going anywhere because Biden doesn't care. Biden's getting more voters every time another migrant crosses that border. They become a citizen and they vote for Joe Biden. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Blackout Coffee is a patriotic and tasty coffee company that offers coffee, hot chocolate, mugs, shirts, and more. Get some great coffee at blackoutcoffee.com today and use code TSMS to support the Red Future Radio Network and get 10% off your order. That is TSMS at blackoutcoffee.com. All right. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Glad to be with you all today. We have the Biden document scandal. If you don't know, Joe Biden has possession of classified documents from when he was vice president. He had him in his Delaware home. He had him in his Penn Biden Center in the same building that the Chinese Communist Party was housed in. There's a lot. And this is a crisis. This is a bad thing for national security that stolen documents were taken. And I want to clarify why I'm making a big deal out of this and not the Donald Trump document story. Donald Trump was president with the power of declassification just by thinking about it. When he stole the documents, when he took the documents, he didn't steal them. They were declassified. Joe Biden, unless Barack Obama declassified these documents, took 
classified documents from while he was vice president, meaning he did not have the power to, to declassify them when he had them. And even if he did, and he does now, and he can declassify them now, for the amount of six years that he had them, illegally, or how many years he had them without people knowing, it is not legal. And it was stolen documents. And it was a stolen uh, pages. So Democrats are increasingly worried that the controversy surrounding the classified documents found at President Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home and is at his former office will loom large over his expected re-election campaign. While Democrats say they remain confident that Biden can overcome the problem, they say the disclosure of numerous batches of classified documents complicates matters for the president ahead of his campaign launch. Privately, they wonder how tough it will be for Biden to explain what happened and draw comparisons to the 2016 Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton's email controversy in which doing the form, in which the former sec- Secretary of State admitted to using a private email account while doing government business. The, this isn't even the same thing. I mean, it, it's pretty notable that Hillary used a private email account while doing government business. I'll, I'll give her that. That was pretty notable and pretty important and pretty bad. But this is a stolen document crisis. Now, we have to... And if this has not been a big issue when Bi- and when Trump did the same thing, I may not bring it up at all. I may not mention it. I may not make a big deal out of it. But we have the side, the left, that has time and time and time and time again said Trump was a national terrorist for having documents he declassified. Saying Trump was a threat to democracy. for Saying Trump was anti-American. Saying Trump was this and that. Because he had documents that he declassified while he was president in his possession. So now we have a president that was not president when he took the documents. That has these stolen documents in the home that his son lived in, by the way. We'll talk about that in a second. His son that has connections to Bermuda and China and Ukraine and Burisma and energy executives and jobs he shouldn't have and 10% for the big guy. That son lived in the home where these documents were kept. So what's in these documents? We don't know. Biden says he refuses to find out. Biden will refuse to tell us if he does find out. So we don't know. What are in these documents? We don't know why these documents were taken, and we don't know why Hunter Biden has access to them. But they're in a, a locked garage next to his Corvette, by the way, so it's all good. Everything's good in the world because they're right next to his Corvette in a locked garage. Remember that? Remember that talking point? Remember when Biden said, well, they're next to my Corvette, so they're okay, right? Yeah, they're next to my Corvette. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette? What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway. My Corvette was in a locked garage. It was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Uh, Hey guys, I have a Corvette, by the way. I have a Corvette. So we have a president that has shown absolute neglect for our national security. By taking documents he should not have had and just doing whatever he did with them. We don't know what he did with them. We don't know what's in the documents. We don't know why it's important. We don't know why he had to have these documents. So let's talk about the the, the next part of the story. This is from TrendingPoliticsNews.com. Background check form claims Biden, Hunter Biden, paid $50,000 a month in rent for Biden's home where classified docs were stored. Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel. 
According to a background screening request form that was filled out by Hunter Biden in 2018, the president's son claimed he owned the Delaware residence where the classified documents were found. The now 52-year-old began listing the Wilmington home as his address following the 2017 divorce with his ex-wife, even falsely claiming he owned the property on his July 8, 2018 background check form as part of a rental application. On the monthly writ form, a portion of the form, Hunter Biden claimed he paid $49,910 in rent each month. Town & Country Magazine estimates the Delaware home is worth about $2 million. He's be paying $60,000 a year in rent, according to this file. This is from Miranda Devine from, where is she from? The New York Post. Robert Hunter Biden, uh, form, current address, Barely Hill Road, which is where these documents are found, Wilmington, Delaware. Um, driver license number, state issued, expires, previous address. Current resident, monthly rent. $49,910. Do you own, lease, or family friend? And he put an own right there. $49,910. What's so valuable in that house that he, he pays fifty grand a month to live there? This is from Apply Check Background Screening, signed by Hunter Biden on the 27th of July, 2018. What is so notable about these documents that he has to pay that much money to access them? What's in these documents involving Ukraine, China, Burisma, whatever other country he's involved with, whatever other industry he's involved with? What's so notable about these documents? Why are we allowing and not going out there with, with, with swords in our hands, not swords, but pitchforks in our hands pretty much? Asking why these documents are public and why they are available to Hunter Biden because he's the son of the president. Why does the son of the president get privileged to see these documents? And why does he get to live in the home? Patreon is a growing platform for exclusive content and interaction with the creators you love. Go to patreon.com slash Josh and for as little as $3, you can unlock exclusive interactions and content with me while also supporting the program. Patreon.com slash Josh. Patreon.com slash Josh today. 57 GOP Josh 7574675 tomorrow for our Patreon subscribers only. Our interview with Roger Stone will be going out. I'll be having him on recording about noon, hopefully wrapped up around 2 p.m. and uploaded to the Patreon by 2. So you all can view it there if you are a subscriber to the Patreon. If not, you have to wait. But our Patreon will get access to that first. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash GOP J-O-S-A should get access to that interview first. Overwhelming majority of Republican voters don't want Ronald McDaniel as RNC chair, according to a new poll. Um, of 1,072 respondents, only 14% support McDaniel's campaign for re-election, according to a Trafalgar Group and Convention of States Action Poll. The respondents would rather see Harmeet Dillon as the next chair, with 86% of respondents saying she has their support. This should not be a popular vote issue, I don't think. I think it should be in committee in, in the RNC. But if we have this large of a number of people, 86% voting against her, we should not have a RNC chairwoman McDaniel. 86%. On Thursday, 30 Republican Jewish leaders sent a letter to the 168 uh, RNC members expressing their support for McDaniel for Israel. 
She has been in the RNC chair position since 2017, is currently running for her fourth term. Um, Dylan, who leads the Republican National Lawyers Association, announced in December that she is running against McDaniel. The election will take place, I believe, the 27th. Uh, Mike Lindell said he will be running, but he, I don't believe he's gotten any support there. The era of the establishment is over. The grassroots are pushing back and making their voices heard. And contrary to what Ronald McDaniel has stated publicly, the leadership of the RNC should ultimately reflect the will of the Republican voter and move Republicans forward at the ballot box. The president of uh, the president of the convention of states, Mark Meckler, said in a release. Uh, Emma Vaughn, a spokesperson for McDaniel's re-election campaign, told the Daily Caller News Foundation that despite the results of the poll, members of the RNC are supporting McDaniel. Here's what she said. Members of the 168 rallied around the chairwoman because of her unprecedented investments in the grassroots election integrity in minority communities and for taking on big tech and the biased commission on presidential debates. Member support for the chairwoman has grown since her announcement that she will continue speaking with each and every member about how the party can improve and continue building upon our investments and make the necessary improvements to compete and win in 2024. So they don't care what the public says. They don't care about Republican voters. They just care about their own money and who they want for chair. Remember that on the 27th. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Thank you for being here today on the Red Future Radio Network. Honor and privilege to speak with you all today through our network and through our program here at the Red Future Radio Network. So the Republican Representative Tory, uh, Troy, I'm sorry, Nels, uh, said that smoking cigars in the U.S. Capitol is about freedom and following a number of reports of an apparent uptick in smoking among GOP members of the House of Representatives. Okay. So <laughs> this is kind of a funny story in my opinion. So we have a inherently right-wing tradition of smoking cigars, and I'm not a smoker, obviously, but it's an inherent right-wing tradition of just a nice stick of tobacco. I don't like it, but I think it stinks. It smells bad. But a, but a number of the members of the press corps recently highlighted the fact that smoking seems to become more commonplace now that the GOP is in the House majority. Uh, members of the House are permitted to smoke in their office, which is are exempt from the D.C.'s requirement that public buildings should be smoke-free. Carlson, Tucker Carlson, I believe, right? It doesn't actually clarify. So who is who is Carlson? This article doesn't actually say. Oh, here it is. Yeah, Tucker Carlson. Okay. Described the smoking tobacco as the most American of all pleasures and it had founded the country. It's all about freedom. It's interesting that it's honest media and those they want to complain about that little smoke coming out of my cigar. 
They don't want to talk about inflation or the crime of the southern border. And people have been enjoying cigars. Nations leaders, world leaders from Winston Churchill to United States presidents from Andrew Jackson to Theodore Roosevelt, Nixon, JFK. Even though that Bill Clinton enjoyed a good cigar once in a while. That's funny to me. I don't know. Let me play this clip here from uh, Tucker Carlson, Fox News. Um, Fox News Tonight. Tucker Carlson Tonight. Tell us why it's important for you to burn a cigar occasionally in your office. Well, thank you for having me, Tucker. It's all about freedom. It's interesting that dishonest media and those, they want to complain about a little smoke coming out of my cigar. They don't want to talk about the inflation or the crime or the southern border. And people have been enjoying cigars. Nations leaders, world leaders from Winston Churchill to United States presidents, from Andrew Jackson to Theodore Roosevelt, Nixon, JFK. They like smoking their cigars. We even know that uh, Bill Clinton, he enjoyed a good cigar every once in a while. So I don't know what all the hoopla is all about. Uh, You're right. In 2007, uh, under Pelosi, she said you cannot smoke cigars in the Capitol building, i.e. you can't smoke cigars on the House floor or in committee hearings. But it did not include members' offices. So a member's house office, we've always been able to smoke cigars. There are many of us in the Cigar Caucus, about 30 of us, that enjoy a good cigar in in our office, and we do so. Nancy Pelosi, for two years, I've been smoking cigars. Nobody complains about it. But now they want to come after us because we're in the majority. This is typical from the left. They want to infringe on our rights. They want to complain about our smoke. They're probably complaining about maybe my aftershave or the color of my tie. It doesn't, it doesn't end. So there is, a, I found out, a, a Republican caucus of the Cigar Caucus. Let me read some of these names here. I found it while we were listening to that clip. Don Bacon, Andy Barr, Gus Bilirakis, Ken Calvert, Kat Kamek, Tom Cole, Mario Ballard, Byron Donalds, Tom Emmer, Scott Fitzgerald, Scott Franklin, Jim Hagdorn, Kevin Kern, Carol, uh, Daryl Isa, Ronnie Jackson, Con Catco, Nicole uh, Malotakis, Dan User, Alex Mooney, Troy Nels, obviously, and many more representatives are a member of that cigar caucus. I don't know why it matters. I I think it's a funny story, but I don't know why it matters. And if you don't want to smoke, don't smoke. If you want to smoke your cigar, smoke your cigar. I don't care. I'm not going to argue with you over it. I think it's kind of funny. I don't know. It's it's an inherently right-wing tradition, so what's the problem? All right, let's talk about this already because they're already mentioning 2024. The Arizona 2024 Senate race is supposed to be an easy flip for Republicans. That's if we put up a strong Republican like Blake Masters or Carrie Lake to that position. And I don't want to see in 2024, because I hope to be doing this program on the radio in 2024, I don't want to see polls from Trafalgar saying we have Carrie Lake up 11 points. I don't want to see points saying we have Blake, or polls saying we have Blake Masters up four points. I don't want to see wish casting. I want to see accurate polls, or I don't want to see polls at all. And this is the biggest thing that happened in 2022 with our elections there, is everyone was so hyped for the red wave because the polls said Carrie Lake was winning by 11, Blake Masters winning by 2, uh, Adam Laxalt was winning by 4, right? We're going to win easy. going to be an easy Republican majority because Biden is so bad. Let's just run on gas prices and the immigration and inflation and be done with it. It doesn't work like that in America anymore. We used to have this strong base of low intel voters who would vote for however their life was. If their life was good, they'd vote for the party in power. If their life was bad, they'd vote against it. We have seen increasingly in the past few years 
insane, insane amounts of partisanship, which isn't a bad thing, but a, a lot of partisanship that has led to Republicans being left out because we have the left being indoctrinating and, and indoctrinating our kids into the left through the schooling, through the trans, through the LGBT, through the CRT. They have indoctrinated our kids into voting for the left. That's why they want to lower the voting age to 16. That's why they want to make sure that anyone can vote without ID. Anyone can vote without photo ID or anything like that. So they don't they, they don't want to have good elections or secure elections or elections with the intelligent voters. They want to have elections with those that are indoctrinated. Debbie Stabenow, a very popular incumbent in Michigan, will not be seeking re-election. Democrats don't know who they're going to run at the, in, in that race. John Tester only won by a three-and-a-half-point margin in 2024 with, ballot, or with Trump on the ballot. John Tester will lose. Nevada is seen as a possible flip. Rosen's first re-election bid, uh, she won, or he won, in a 20, or it was she, yes, she, she, I don't want to misgender her, won in a blue wave, in a red wave with Trump, hopefully on the ballot, she's going to lose. Sherrod Brown survived his last re-election bid, handing Democrats a key win in a former swing state that lurched further and further to the right. Brown will not win with Trump on the ballot, and that's what I've been saying with my anti-LaRose dissertation, that's what I've been saying with my talks about this race, and I don't care who we put up. As long as it isn't Frank LaRose, Matt Dolan, or someone of that stature. I don't care who we put up. We can put up a race car driver. We can put up Vivek Ramaswamy. We can put up anyone. We can put up Neil Patel, for goodness sakes. I don't care. As long as it's not someone insanely establishment, insanely bought into the swamp, they're going to win. I can't say and I'm kind of um, skeptical to say this on here, but I can't say that I would support a LaRose general election campaign. I would, but I can't say I'd be passionate about doing it. If Neil Patel, I wouldn't be passionate about Neil Patel either. But if someone like Mark Pukita or, I don't know, even Mike Gibbons would be better, and I hope he doesn't run either. Josh Mandel would be better, and I hope, hope he doesn't run either. But Sherrod Brown's not going to lose. Or not going to win, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Pennsylvania's seen as a possible flip. West Virginia's a possible flip. Wisconsin's a possible flip for Republicans. Um, yeah. So that is our first analysis of the 2024 Senate election. More importantly, we have a governor's election in um, yeah, t- Kentucky, in Louisiana, and Mississippi. Republicans have to pick up all three of those. We had to, we have to hold one. We have to pick up the other ones. Let's do it. Let's put our our money where our mouth is and get it done. Okay, okay, America, can we do that? GOP Josh, Red Feature Radio Network, back after this with talks about the Supreme Court leak in Wyoming is an epic state, and what they want to do to ban the sale of gas powered or I'm not gas powered. I'm sorry. Electric vehicles by 2035. Next. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.
Our Patreon page is the best way to support the program by going to patreon.com slash gopjosh for as little, as little as $3 a month. You can see our exclusive interview with Roger Stone a day early tomorrow. Tuesday the 17th will become out early for our Patreon subscribers. For those of you who aren't subscribed, you'll get it Wednesday, but for our Patreon subscribers, you get it early through that page. Patreon.com slash gopjosh for as little as $3 to support the program. Patreon.com slash gopjosh. Thank you to our current patrons, including Matt Irwin, for supporting us there. All right. So let's talk about this this next story we have here for you. Wyoming's next. I, I tw- teased that during the break. Wyoming's next. The suspects in the Supreme Court leak are narrowed down, according to a report by the Daily Wire. Um, Wall Street Journal, which broke the news Friday, cited sources who stressed that officials have not yet settled on a, on a specific suspect. Um, there's 189 officers that have been looking into this. We're, we're trying to find this here. And just said they've narrowed it down. They don't have a list of names. I remember, I can't remember the story now, but Will Chamberlain from uh, The Federalist. He leaked the name, pretty much. He found it out using public information on who did it. And did a great analysis of who did it. And they probably won't be be charged. And probably won't be found guilty because they are a left winger. Um, I can't really find the tweet now. It probably was taken down because people were trying to harass the person. But I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see here. We'll see what happens with it. I want to I'm going to keep covering it. This is a very important story for our national security, right? If we want a national security country, if we want a national security state at all, we have to have a prevention of leaks within our our country. Prevention of leaks within our very important, important, important structures. And that includes our Supreme Court. I'm not going to talk about the vaccine leaks today. I want to do that some other time when I have more time. Strokes are now a side effect of the vaccine per Pfizer, per the FDA. And there has been an increasing number of those who, quote, died suddenly. After taking the vaccine. A lot of young people just dropping dead. A lot of older people having bad problems. I want to talk about this tweet here. That I found on Twitter from Mike O'Mahara. Um, I don't know much about it. Mike O'Mahara, or O'Mara. He's a musician. And on Twitter today. Goodbye all my nerves are dying. My muscle tissue dissolved in the last bits twitching as they fail. My digestion has stopped. Organs failing slowly but surely. I await my last ride to my final stop. Or last stop for whatever final failure will kill me. Love those who supported me. Goodbye. There has to be something done to these people. That pushed this vaccine. That pushed this death shot. There has to be something done. That's why it happened. It's because of the shot. Because of the indoctrination. Because of the forced vaccination done by people on every side of the aisle. They have to be held accountable. It's disgusting when the state as a national, as, as a country, as an American country, with the, with the freedom and whatever to do what you want. Uh, Ryan Cunningham. Campaign manager for Illinois Attorney General uh, candidate Thomas DeVore 
my heart breaks. Share these pictures on my feet of her 14-year-old son that had chest pain and ended up in the hospital after the COVID-19 vaccination. Wow. I, I don't know what to say. Something has to be done. We can't stand by. We can't just allow it to happen. Klaus uh, Schwab from the World Economic Forum is missing Davos, his big, big World Economic Forum conference. Was he vaccinated? All right, we're going to talk about this story now because I need to get my mind off of this this sad story with the with the vaccine. Wyoming wants to phase out sales of new EVs by 2035. Senate Joint Resolution 4 has support from members of the state's House of Representatives and Senate. In the proposed resolution, the group of lawmakers led by Senator Jim Anderson says Wyoming's proud and valued oil and gas industry have created countless jobs and contributed revenue to the state's coffers. They added that a lack of charging infrastructure within Wyoming would make the widespread use of EVs impractical. That The state would need to build massive amounts of new power generation to sustain the misadventure of electric vehicles. SJ4 calls for residents and businesses to limit the sale and purchase of EVs voluntarily with the goal of phasing them out entirely by 2035. If passed, the resolution would be entirely symbolic. In fact, it's more about sending a message to EV advocates than banning the vehicles altogether. To that point, the final section of SJ4 calls for Wyoming Secretary of State to send President Biden and California Governor Gavin Newsom copies of the resolution. Some might say it's tongue-in-cheek. I think it's a great move. We can't charge these cars. We can't charge the keep them charged and keep them powered and, and ready to go. I saw a video over the weekend of someone who was... Um, trying to uh yeah if i can talk uh doing <laughs> who was trying to get across the country on a ev motorcycle and they were plugging in to a gas station's uh wall outlet for an hour to get two miles so they could get to a supercharger um are you kidding me is that what we want i don't know i'm not getting an ev I like my little gas guzzler. It's not a gas guzzler. It's quite the opposite. My little gas car. I like it. So we're we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna worry about that here. And I won't. I, I'll never have a GOP Josh sticker because I have I have my car publicizing my name over everywhere on an electric vehicle. Mark my words. They can ban my gas guzzler all they want. I'm not going to get an electric car. So you know it is what it is. Next time, my friends, Wednesday will be with the one and only Roger Stone for an exclusive interview. So I'm very excited for that through that process. Like I said, if you want to get access of it early, epic, uh, you can do that through Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash GOP Josh is a growing platform for exclusive content and interaction with the creators you love. You can get access to that interview early through Patreon.com slash GOP Josh for $3. Until next time, my friends, on the Red Teacher Radio Network, this is GOP Josh. See you Wednesday, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.